welcome to March 5 Music Podcast. My next guest, producer, arranger, songwriter, musician, will talk his hit song, Necessary, and his non-profit organization, Inspire the Fire. Give it up for my man, Dennis Reed. All right, I would like to welcome Dennis Reed Jr. How you doing, sir? Yeah. Oh, come on, man. Come on. I'm listen, man. I've um, I, I'm so happy to have you. I've been waiting for a minute to to talk to you and reach out to you. And um, I think it's time for the world, if they don't already know, the world to know who you are and what you represent, which is a lot of great things. And um, I, I know your work um, as a lot of people do. And um, you're very talented, brother. And I'm just happy that you took the time to come on. Man, thank you. No, I, I really appreciate the opportunity for real. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know you are from Charlotte. I know you're born and raised. Usually I ask people where you're from, but I know you're from Charlotte because you're a Charlotte boy. You're definitely from Charlotte. You're a Charlotte boy. I'm a Brooklyn boy. But tell me, what was it like growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina? All right, so we repping the 704. Um, listen, when you come down south, you know, you already know you're about to get that southern hospitality. And the beautiful thing about now, New York is the city of dreams. You know, you go there to dream big and it's the hustle and the bustle and right. you're just looking at all the, the skyscrapers. Uh, now, Charlotte is not that, but it is a perfect combination of city and country life together because you can be downtown and looking at the skyscrapers and all of this and there's so much major growth that's happening even now. But then within 10 minutes, you can be passing some cows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> I love Charlotte, the fact that right. we got a little bit of both worlds. And right. growing up in Charlotte um, has been a treat, man. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, my my dad was a deacon in the Baptist church. My mom, a deaconess in the Baptist church. Okay, um, They would take me to choir rehearsals with them. Right. So my first exposure to music was in the church environment, in the black church environment. And I, and you know, being a musician, oh, yeah. there's oh, yeah. no greater uh, training ground right. than the black church. That's right. That's so right. that's what I enjoyed growing up. Mm -hmm. And that morphed into me sitting on the pews, watching my mom and dad sing. My dad, he didn't stay in the choir because he okay. was like tone deaf. <laughs> So he said, I'm going to just, you know, go over here with the vegan. Right. Uh, <laughs> but my mom, she she kills it. You right. know, and she still sings to this day. Right. And then something, she, they both said, you know, when I was a baby, it looked like I was trying to play the piano in the crib. Mm -hmm. So I took a, a, took a natural inclination towards music, even though my sister, my older sister, was the one that they gave piano lessons. Okay. It was me that kind of just kind of had a natural gift for it. And so at an early age, bro, um, yeah. I started, you know, playing in the church and okay. even started teaching choirs around 10. Okay. So. so you were really the foundation started, which is good. It started at home, yeah. man. And family is, that's what it's all about. Thank God you were in a position to, um, to have that foundation, which is really important. Really, Absolutely. really important. Yeah, yeah. The foundation is everything, bro. Yeah, yeah. Now, you got into, um, from there, from growing up, did you go to, like, a performing arts high school in Charlotte? Or did I you? did. Ah. And, and, and you were just talking about you going to the performing arts high school. That's so, right. middle through high school, mm -hmm. I went to Northwest School of the Arts here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was, 
I, I don't know if y'all remember, but magnet school programs was like a big to do. It was like controversial at the time, but Northwest right. School of the Arts was one of the first magnet school programs that, you know, specifically mm-hmm. was for the gifted or the artistically skilled, you know what I'm okay. saying? And honestly, man, mm-hmm. those days really shaped me into the musician and to the person I am today. Okay. You know, because before going to the School of the Arts, I mean, I grew up on the east side of Charlotte. Right. You know, repping the 704 and all of that type of stuff. Uh-huh. But it was in my church bubble. Right. So when I went to the School of the Arts, that was the first time that I saw like <laughs> cross dressers. <laughs> that was the first right, time. Right. You saw the real I deal. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, you know what I'm saying? People yeah. dressed all black, looking like vampires. That was right. the first time uh, that my environment had really been uh, diversified. Right. right. And I thank God for mm-hmm. that opportunity because it helped give me the skill sets, you know, both artistically and socially right. um, that I would need to be able to thrive in the arenas that I'm in today. Yeah, that's known as a reality check. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> a reality check. It was not right. A- HBCU. That's right. That's right. It yeah. was, yeah. you know, yeah, you had to, I mean, all mixed up. I think it's good to see um, for people growing up in high school to see everything. What a lot of parents tend to do is hold their kids back from seeing life and then they mm. wind up running out there and they run wild and they get yeah. lost. And they, it's like a hurricane, they get lost in the spin. And all of a sudden, yeah. what happened? When did this happen? Why did this happen? But you had that foundation uh, that your mom and dad uh, gave you. And I think from what you just told me, your school was a launch pad, kind of like the school I went to in Brooklyn. You know, it was a launch pad for me musically. And I met some of my closest friends on earth from high school. We're still friends to this day, you know, still Still friends. And it's the same here, man. Mm -hmm. I am still friends like some of my, and and we've, I've seen my class of, you know, of students, like I've seen them thriving as musician and artist right now. Like right. one of my homeboys, Adrian Crutch- Crutchfield, uh, was one of Prince's main horn players oh, before wow. he passed away. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm seeing um, some of my homegirls, they're on. They're actively on Ailey's, you know, Alvin Ailey's dance team right now. Well, right. I don't say dance team, but the company. Sure, sure. Um, right now, don't, don't come after me, y'all. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and so you're exactly right. It was definitely a launching pad. And honestly, during those years, too, as a teenager, um, I would say that I, I got my hands, you know, wet in classical music, right. you know, uh, choral music as well. Yeah. But jazz, I was a part of that. I did my first musicals. So here I am. <laughs> like, you know, what I'm saying? And, right, right. You know, yeah. from the, but but in these musicals and I mean, yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh-huh. we did not. I don't know why this. Can you hear when I it does? You. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry um, about it. You good? You good? But by the way, you know, we didn't have a a, a, a sports team. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we were competitive in the arts. Right. That's what we took pride in, and and that really, uh, like you said, shaped me. Right. And probably shaped you. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, you yeah. know, like I was telling you before we came on. I mean, the school I went to in Brooklyn, um, Clive Davis was. Um, he created Arista Records from an academic group called Arista. Um, Barbara Streisand went to my school. Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back Carter. I mean, um, Kadar Massenberg, who uh, was the uh, president of Motown Records, uh, Harold uh, Perry knew he uh, was in Lost, and he was in, um, what was it, Lost? That's crazy. And um, what's the other one? 
The Matrix. He was in The Matrix. So, I mean, we, we the people that I grew up with, it's the same situation where you, you, you're close to really good people. And at the end of the day, exactly. when you're able to take that launch pad, you had the foundation first, which was your mom and dad. And then you had the launch pad, which was yeah. the school. And throughout those years in high school, yep. you were climbing the ladder to get to where you are now. Which leads me to absolutely. Which leads me to the music scene in Charlotte. Tell me about that music scene in Charlotte. Kind of first started teaching me how to play piano. Got it. That's okay. one. Two, uh, like I already said, Donald Lawrence, mm-hmm. especially in the gospel arena, like really studying his work, how he does vocal arranging, mm-hmm. and even after learning, you know, that he didn't even start just by doing Tri City. I mean, he started by vocal coaching in Vogue and Stephanie Mills and even influenced Lady Gaga to start writing her own songs. Wow, so yeah. Donald, um, Cedric Thompson, who also works hand in hand with Donald, but Grammy Award winning producer, mm-hmm. um, and we've done some things together. He's one of my mentors for real, for real. Okay. Um, and then look, growing up, I'm gonna show y'all some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my greatest influence, especially right. childhood hero, right, right. was Michael Jackson. Here we go. <laughs> Like you got the tattoo. <laughs> you know, after my dog died, there you go. Yeah. You know, after my dog died, I, yeah. I had to get tatted up. So there you go. it was weird because my influences was Michael Jackson, yeah. Donald Lawrence, right. and, and, and Kirk Franklin. It was weird. That's good. That's weird good. combo. Hey, hey, listen, it's music music is, is global. Yeah, you know, and I hate to categorize music, you know, like, you know, but music is music and, and however um or whoever you've come across in your musical journey. It's only going to get bigger and better for you, you know. Um, I got to ask you, well, um, I know about the song, and I heard the song, you know, a long time ago, and I'd like to talk about Necessary. Oh. Now, first I want to know, I know the story, but I want you to tell the story. Um, How did you meet Fantasia, and how did you come about working on the song Necessary with Fantasia? Okay, so the short version is, is <laughs> <laughs> the short version is right. my my very first time working with Fantasia mm-hmm. was um she had just released her record Lose to Win. Yes. And that was a big smash hit for her. Mm-hmm. So her team had been when she had, when she was releasing the record, they surprised her with album release parties in different cities. Right. Um and so, but the surprise was that they had musical guests at each of these, you know, release parties that even she didn't know about. Right. Well, her stylist mm-hmm. uh, contacted me. was like, hey, we, we have, uh, we're going to be doing a release party and we want to surprise Fantasia with a, with a tribute performance, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So he calls me. We literally have a day to prepare. Wow. As soon as he called me. I called E. Will. Right. And for those who don't know, E. Will is now a pastor, but he's also a turning, was it life turning point? Life turning point ministry. Here we go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, he's an amazing musician, producer, yes, music is. director. Yes, he is. So I called E. Will. I said, Hey, bro, we got to do something for Fantasia. Can you pull together a band? Boom. We do the night. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just say first say something about this <laughs> night though. Okay. It was packed to capacity in this club. Right. Right. Now, I have done this uh, musical arrangements. I'm going through some of her greatest hits, obviously, with my gospel group at right. the time. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, but like part of my gospel group, I have uh, a girl on there. 
who actually was a finalist on American on American Idol. Okay. So I have her singing to her. So they're having an American Idol moment. All of this, boom. <laughs> Dorikus, who's the stylist, I know Dorikus, has yeah. arranged for for uh, has arranged. Oh my God, her name just slipped my mouth. Please, oh. Okay, gospel singer, famous gospel singer. She's now deceased, but okay. she was the one who sung um, Oh Lord, How Excellent Is Thy Name. Okay. Gosh, sings in the rafters. It's going to come to yeah, me in just yeah. a minute. But I say that to say she sings that song. I look out into the audience. Everybody is lit, right. drinking their drinks and singing and worshiping <laughs> God with their drinks in their hand. <laughs> Like, you gotta love it. Yeah, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I was like, wow, (laughs) I I feel at home. Right. Uh, But, you know, so from that moment, that was my first time. Right. First impression. Two years later, Mm -hmm. E. Will becomes the music director for Fantasia. Right. and, And they're preparing for tour. And then he calls me and says, hey, I gotta worry about the band. I need your help. Can you do the vocal stuff? Right. So look how that works, people. It's like when you build those relationships with people, it's not like it's uh, it's not like one for one, but mm-hmm. it literally is a network of friends That's of, right. of creatives. Absolutely. So I put him on and then he turned around and put me back on. So that's how I initially wound up working with Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Now the crazy again, this sounds like the long version, but what then happened is I worked with them for a few weeks. Um for the vocalist working right. with her auditioning people da 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 and they leave for tour in 2 days right. now as a vocal arranger vocal coach you don't go on tour with them right but she says in the middle of rehearsal she's like i i just i want you to go on tour with us but i can't pay you to i can't pay you to do vocal coaching cuz i right. mean clearly that work is pre pre right. right she says well I, can you can you help me with wardrobe and i'm like yo mm-hmm. Okay, but I just want you to know that I'm the type of nigga that um, do the smell test for his clothes, and and when um, and, and and when I I don't iron clothes too much, but I put them in the dryer so that the wrinkles come off. Right, so right, I'm right. sure that yeah. you want me to be over the wardrobe for the whole tour. Right, right. Nevertheless, I take on the task. I put my best foot forward. I'm working harder than I ever worked before. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about wardrobe and I have such an appreciation for, for crew members and everything. Right. So boom. Now we're about midway through the tour mm-hmm. now. Okay. There's a song necessary like, like that you're saying now the yeah. last day before we go on tour, the last day of rehearsal Fantasia wasn't, wasn't in there. We finished up early as far as with the vocalist, and they said, Dennis, teach us a song, sing us a song. So okay. I wound up sharing with the background singers, right. Necessary. Mm-hmm. Fantasia had never heard it. Well, anyway, fast forwarding, midway through the tour, Fantasia is feeling really, really down. And for those, you know, she's such a sweetheart, she's yeah. passionate, but she can, she really can get affected by things that happen in the world. Right, she's right. She's a praying woman. Yes, she is. For whatever reason, she was down that day. And so her singers were already in the room. They was like, Dennis, can you sing Necessary for her? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Uh, so I, this this particular dressing room had a piano in it. And then I start playing the song and the singers just come in. 
And before I know it, everybody is in tears. The Holy Ghost son came mm -hmm. into the room and then her stylist, Dorikas, decides to go live on Facebook. Mm -hmm. when, she, when he went live, boom, we worshiping God. We're singing Necessary. God is in the room. We're speaking to people on the live. Boom. Okay, that moment passes. The next day, right. we're looking at the numbers of the Facebook and it had easily surpassed a million views. Wow. Then, then two million views. Mm -hmm. Then then three. Then all the way it shot up to 10 million views. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's more than that now when you look at the original post. Sure. Now, the crazy part, we're we're traveling to the next city. Right. I'm sitting up there. We're talking. And then I get a call from Billboard. Mm -hmm. Billboard. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Boom. They interview me. They say we made history because the song, for those who don't know, I wrote that song 10 years before that moment even happened. Right. Isn't that something? I saw my first gospel project. So they're saying people went looking for the song, even though that the version with Fantasia is not out yet. Mm -hmm. They started playing it, which means it, it made the song soar to number one right. on that day on those <laughs> charts. And so it was just like, yo, you can never guess what God is going to do and how he's going to do it. That's right. Stuff like that, you can't program it. No, so that's kind of no. how. And then to then go to the next city. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I want to put this in the, in the actual set. They roll out the piano midway through the concert. Right. And the audience sees me walking up and already starts screaming because they know what's about to happen because right. they have watched the viral moment. Right, right. And right. that's the amazing part about a Fantasia show is that, yeah, you're going to come in. You're going to feel like you at the cookout. You're going to feel like you're at the party. Right. And then you're going to worship God at that's the same right. <laughs> time. And, and that's kind of how that song. And, and from there, it's yeah. been still soaring. Well, it's a great song. You went number one on Billboard. Um, you couldn't have paid for that kind of advertising. Couldn't have paid so for good. it. But so when, when, when God's involved, I'm telling you, brothers, <laughs> I tell you, I keep telling you, man. I mean, you, you, the song is an incredible song. Um, the music that you write, in my opinion, saves a lot of lives. Thank you, bro. Saves a lot of souls. Saves a lot of people that don't know what their next move is because life is like a chess match. But mm. everybody don't know how to play chess. You see? I don't. Not right. But, but it's okay. <laughs> but see, once yeah. you understand that the gift that God gave you, although mm. he gave you many gifts. See, everybody's born with a gift, but he gave you many gifts. And he gave you not only the gift of music, but the gift of like save and, and give that love through your music to other people. And that's what's really important. It, it's not even about money, about um, streams and none of that stuff. When you think about, I don't know if you ever thought about it, how many lives or how many people do you think actually were touched by that song? A song that you wrote, like you said, 10 years prior, all of a sudden now it's boom, it's number one on Billboard. And it's it's changing lives, and that's what it's all about, and and that's what you do, you know. And I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, sometimes being an independent artist, bro, mm -hmm. is like you feel the challenge because being an independent artist means like you're an entrepreneur. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And it and best way me, to be. <laughs> it is the best way to be, <laughs> but sometimes that is the hard path, right? Because especially I'm. I'm old enough to remember 
like artists, we really felt like we needed to sign to a mm. record label to make it, you know, because right. they had the machine, the marketing, all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm still young enough to know that that is not the case anymore. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, it is sometimes hard to, you know, find ways uh, to to gain attention without selling out your values. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a gentleman that I grew up with listening to, um, his name was, um, oh my God, Reverend, um, James Cleveland. Yes. Okay. And he had a song called peace be still. And I know you know the song. Of course. People, for those who don't know, the music business is a smokescreen. It's an illusion that was created many, many years ago. And it was a cycle created to make you believe you may have, they may pay you X amount of dollars. Not not you, I'm just saying an individual. Um, And they have you, you know, driving under nice cars in the house, all that good stuff. But Mm -hmm. what we don't realize is all that stuff that's going on is coming out the artist's pocket. And the artist is really not gaining because they don't own anything. You got to own, like, see, you own your own stuff. Absolutely. You own your own stuff. I own my own stuff. You know, I own my own podcast. I don't have to worry about, well, can I do it today? Can I talk to Dennis tomorrow? Is it going to be 15 minutes? Is it going to be 12 minutes? No, but an an artist, um, it's sad. I mean, we could talk all day about this. We had to do another another podcast about that. (laughs) But the music business, to make it short, the music business is a very cool business. And um, if we don't really understand what we, what our purpose is, in music, it's really to bless other people, whether it be R and B, whether it be pop, hip hop, whatever it is. You know, just do your thing, and that's what you've been doing. That's what you've been Thank doing. You, yeah, Thank come you. on, come on, man, Thank come you, on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you real, man. I ain't gonna listen, man. I don't one thing I don't do. I don't paint smoke screens, man. I, I tell it like it is, and, and it's the truth. I mean, you 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 have your own, and you can create your own destiny. Yes, everybody can't do that. See, when you locked into a deal, a quote unquote deal that everybody runs to the major labels. Yeah. They own you for a couple of years. They do. And you remember what happened to Prince? They owned yes. his name. They owned everything, yes. his music. Yes. So he had to change his name until he was able to get his name back. So that's nobody wants to be in that situation. That's crazy. And and for him, like I, we didn't understand, or at least I at the time didn't right. understand what he was doing. Right, right. But what he did was important to what's happening now absolutely absolutely social media yeah like social media like you said streaming live um having um itunes and 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 all these different platforms that you can really control and release a song when you get ready you can release one song today you say you know what i'm gonna release another song tomorrow next week maybe the third week who knows yeah but having complete control is very important i gotta ask you man tell me about um i know you were involved with um the music's Biggest projects. One is with Justin Timberlake yeah. uh, when you performed for President Biden. And the other one was uh, the Grammy performance with um, Billy Porter. Tell me about that. Wow. Come what? on. Come on, bro. You been you doing your Come homework. on, brother. Right. Come on, man. Look, look. Come on. <laughs> you talk to E. Will. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me one second. Let me put the yeah. mic back on the mic okay. real quick. Now, take your time, man. We just... Um, we're just trying to, you know, you got to set this mic right because, like, this is a big yeah. answer. See, the answer's so big, yeah. he got to put the mic in position. <laughs> got to put it in position. That's right. That's right. Bro, I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. God just been moving. Like, yes, that, indeed. That's the, simplest, <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. that's the simplest answer. Okay. Right. So, uh, short version, mm-hmm. boom. 
I've been working with uh, producer Adam Blackstone. And okay. For those who don't know who Adam Blackstone is, I mean, he's like one of the go-to music directors and producers in the industry, especially for live television events. I mean, he's produced the BET Awards. He's produced the Grammys. He's produced the um, okay. the uh, Super Bowl and all of this type of stuff. Well, okay. we got a chance to work together when we filmed for Fantasia's uh, performance for OWN, right? Yes. So we actually we we filmed all of that stuff last year. Mm -hmm. So that started a beautiful working relationship. And then he called me saying, hey, I got this situation. Uh, I'm working with Justin Timberlake and Clemens Mm -hmm. on uh, a song for the inauguration. And uh, they want a gospel. They want some gospel vocals. They want some, you know, can you can you do an arrangement for me? Right. And so when he gave me that opportunity, I went to work. I started doing arrangements. <laughs> right, I sent right. him a demo of what it could be. He said, yep, boom, pull together your group. So mm-hmm. I called in Gap, rented studio time, and, right. and sent it back. And they loved it. Right. And that's when uh, they, they recorded it for the inauguration. Of okay. course, Justin Timberlake and Aunt Clemens filmed live in nashville mm-hmm. um using our vocal arrangements and then they loved it so much they turned around mm-hmm. and they made it available on all the streaming platforms and wow. put kirk franklin on it wow nice you know? nice yeah. yeah and then we had to tell kirk franklin not to cuss on this version you know because we, <laughs> we god was <laughs> You're going to make me choke, man. I got to get some water now. I love you, Kirk. No, I love Kirk. I love Kirk. Yes, yes. (laughs) We do. I had to get some water on that one. (laughs) That's how we got the gig Mm -hmm. for the inauguration. And, of course, that meant the world to us. Yes, yes. You know, obviously, it was just a big moment, and sure. most most of America right. wanted to see Biden, and of course, absolutely African American vice president, absolutely, you know, into office. And so, God just continues to like things that I speak out of my mouth. Like I never said I would be a part of the inauguration, but I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to be connected to this administration in some way. Yeah. And so that was one way to do it. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, Billy Porter again right. through Adam Blackstone, who was producing a lot of the stuff for the Grammys. Right. Um. Hey, can you do an arrangement? We want to um, bring it up to date just a little bit, but stay true to the original arrangement of sure. you are my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did, man. Nice. That's nice. what we did. That's good. Yeah, I like Billy Porter. He's cool too, man. Um, have you met him? No, I have not. Oh, okay. I have me not. Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. I have but, not. Yeah. I but I'm going to tell you the trippy part of this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me. Okay. You know, was obviously one, hearing your stuff on these uh, major platforms, right? Yes. Two, not having to compromise because I, for one, mm-hmm. I went from this phase of wanting to be like the next Donald or the, the biggest gospel thing to like right. being sh- kind of shying away from it. Right. Like, I know my gift is larger than a church, you know, confined. So, sure, sure. God, but then what he continued to show me is do what I gifted you to do and I will give you the platform. You won't have to change anything. That's right. So I'm right. um, here. I am, you know, working with Fantasia, sure. and then boom, you want, you know, some gospel vocals. They're right. working with, you know, again Billy Porter and stuff like that. But the weird thing for me, which mm-hmm. was crazy, was mm-hmm. being able to reference his lead. Right. So when I finally got a chance to see his performance with the rest of America, I'm right. like, oh, he chose to do my little thing wow, right yeah, there. So, yeah. I mean, it's just been just a great ride now, he's huge man he's huge yeah. um yeah. yeah billy porter's a huge man i mean now now tell me about oprah 
uh, like you mentioned, the own um, Easter special, I believe it was, right? Mm-hmm. What was it like working um, with own or with Oprah? So um, it's been an incredible mm-hmm. uh, opportunity, as as I'm sure everyone would agree to to even be associated with Oprah's brand and, and right. with her as a person. Sure. Now, these last few projects uh, that we've done, uh, I have not been in direct connection with her, mm-hmm. but what has been great is that I, we've already worked before these opportunities that just came, we've already mm-hmm. worked with her a few times. Right. Um, we got a call years ago. I got BB Winans called me out, out mm-hmm. the blue and was like, <laughs> Hey, Oprah is uh, throwing a birthday party for, Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou, sure. her 85th party. Which was my, um, my mother-in-law's neighbor in Harlem. Maya Angelou lived on 120th and Lenox Avenue in Harlem. That's amazing. And my mother-in-law lived four houses down from Maya Angelou, yes. And Oprah went there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk That's about that later. Yeah, we'll talk crazy. about that later. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, we can talk about it now. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. you can be in the same vicinity and of yeah. greatness. And what oh, yeah. I want the audience to know is if you're mm-hmm. in the vicinity of greatness, what mm-hmm. that mean? What does that say about you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it means a lot when I bump into people, like I just interviewed, um, Bobby Williams. He was a Super Bowl champion for the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Now we live next door to each other when I lived in Maryland. That's and, crazy. um, yeah. And, uh, he, we, I called him up one day and said, Hey man, listen, I'm starting this podcast. Yeah, he was like, "When you want me to go?" He said, "Don't even say nothing else." He said, "When you want me there?" He said, "When? Where? When?" So I said, "All right." I said, "Cool." So we we talked, yes. and and he had met, he had referenced. You can listen to it on the podcast. He had actually referenced that. You know, you always meet great people, bro. He said, "Yeah." He said, "God is is walking," and most of his his podcast wasn't about football. Mm. It was about his journey. Wow, and the the, the path that God laid down for him to get yeah. to from Texas. To the Super Bowl, yes. and he won the Super Bowl in his last season of all of all things. So when God wants you to have something, and He wants you to be around certain people, He's going to place you there. Place you see, you. and he when you know certain you. people, and you do certain things. It ain't a matter of who you are. You trying to run somebody down? Because one thing I don't do, I don't run people down. Mm. I ask people to, to come on the show. Yeah. And they come on the show, you know, Dawn yeah. from In Vogue, she's coming on the show. I mean, uh, wow. there's a bunch of people that's coming on it because I asked. And yes. it's either you can say yes or no. But yes. when God has something for you, and like you said, Maya Angelou, and my wife, my wife can tell you more about it than I can, but she definitely lived a couple of doors down on 120th and Lennox. And, uh, and if you ever speak to Oprah, she'll tell you. She was on wow. that block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, crazy. Yeah, and, and in New York is, uh, as you know, is a unique place. Yes. And you meet so many different people that do so many different things. And you just, you go, why? You know? Awesome. <laughs> you go, yeah, why? It's yeah. Like a, it's definitely a melting pot. Yeah. Of, yeah. of creativity. Yeah. But and, working uh, with Oprah energy. was, I'm sure, was, was an experience um, oh, that yeah. a lot of people don't get to. Like, what I, the reason why I wanted you to come on the show, one was to talk about your journey. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, I know you have things that I wanted to say this publicly that, like I said to you before, God has um, something that's going to hit you so hard, brother, you ain't going to know what's going to happen. You're going to say to yourself, how? Mm. It's getting ready to happen. And when it happens, I want you to text me and I want you to call me and tell me, you know what, man, how did you know? I'm only telling you because 
you've you've moved, you've made moves throughout the waves, the airwaves, what they call them, streams. So yeah. your your song necessary made streams is what they know now as streams, right? As yeah. as as opposed to airplay on the radio. Yeah. So not only did you make streams, you saved lives. Wow. And you saved souls. You yeah. saved someone that may have decided, I don't want to go, I can't do this no more. But hearing your music have saved one person, you wow. did your job. You know? Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, I, I will say mm-hmm. I just continue to see God, like, bringing everything full circle. Because, you know, working with Oprah for Dr. Angelou's 85th, that sure. was a, a night we will never forget. I sure. mean, and you can imagine who was on the guest. I list. can only imagine, yeah. And yeah. we were, like, of course, she had other special guest artists, but we backed all of those artists. Right. And we got a chance to really bond with her and talk to her. And then, of course, after Dr. Angelou passed a few years later, mm-hmm. they called us back to do the memorial service, the one that was televised, as mm-hmm. well as the private memorial service right and so it's like i've continued to be in that orbit and then of course working with mm-hmm. uh, fantasia doing sure. the stuff for own again and doing the stuff for delilah that's filming here i'm not even sure if oprah knows how full circle everything has been right but you know just just to know that someone thinks enough of me to mm. even give me the recommendation right but what, what, what i got what i got to tell you is Oprah may not know, but what I will tell you is God knows. God knows. Yeah, and that's, he and that's, knows. And that's why it keeps happening. Yeah. It keeps happening. You know, you walk through one door and they, they say, you know, he didn't bring you this far to leave you. Yes. You there. Man, don't do this to me. Come on. Man. Hey, listen, I'm only speaking the truth, man. <laughs> yes. I'm only speaking Absolutely. the truth. I mean, like I said, you know, um, I know great music when I hear it. Um um, I know that you, you're going to do extremely well. And you got to call me and tell me when uh, when it happens, because I'm telling you it's going to happen. I, will definitely I just prophesied over you and it's going to happen. Yes, you did. You know, yes, you um, did. what's next for Dennis Reed? So, man, um, so much going on uh, mm-hmm. again, just within the last few weeks, just mm-hmm. seeing God move in incredible ways. I, I want to say this to to the listeners. Sure. Uh, so I have a gap. Right. Um but I also have a nonprofit that I started when I was still actually a, a student at Northwest School of the Arts. Okay. And so that nonprofit is called Inspire the Fire. Okay. And what we do is we help young people through the arts. So it's a nonprofit that any young person that's aged 10 all the way up to 21. So we send them from middle through college. Mm-hmm. Um, can come and get mentorship and artistic development. Okay. So, you know, we've been fortunate enough we normally have about two to 300 kids every year uh, sign up to be a part of our program. Mm-hmm. The mayor in our city has awarded us our own day, Inspire the Fire Day, which is coming up. Um, also, back in 2012, we did America, America's America Got Talent. We made it to the finals of that. Nice. Um, so I say all that to say that I've been working on music with those students, with those kids, and I want right. you guys to know. Okay. When you hear, listen, this goes back to my godfather. <laughs> I never believe in cuteness when it comes to kids. Right, right. Like, I believe you killed them dead. <laughs> and what I mean by that is every time you get up to perform, young people, right. 
it's okay to have like a little cute moment or a cute factor, but I need you to bring your A game every single time. And so the music that we've been producing with them, they create their own dances, their Mm -hmm. own. uh, So I've been doing music videos and filming stuff that we're going to be releasing soon as singles with them. Okay. I also have new music that's coming out with Gap. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'll be just like you just said earlier. I'm yeah. just sporadically be releasing singles, sure. And people can so people can you know look for me on all the streaming platforms. Also, I started this thing called the Trap Choir okay. in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I performed or partnered with a DJ, DJ Fannie Mae here, and I was inspired actually by a Two Chains performance where he did a, a, the the Pretty Girls Love Trap Music. Okay, he did that, and he did a. <laughs> he brought a gospel choir on one of his hip hop songs and they were doing backing vocals. Wow. And I was so inspired by that mm-hmm. that I was like, no one has actually committed to doing a full show of that. Right. So we've been doing that as well. Okay. Um, and so it's just so much going on. It's so much going on. We got some TV things that's about to drop as well. So, okay. I don't know, bro. Now the TV thing, to- now the TV thing, is that going to be on own? No, we're actually working on. I don't even know if I can make the announcement. Well, I tell you what, yet. we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later because I ain't okay. trying to get you in trouble now. Right. I don't want you to lose right. your blessings now. <laughs> I tell you but, offline, but right, it's right. coming, y'all. But what I will tell you is, um, you know, it's it's a blessing, it's a pleasure, um, to know you. I, like I said, we met a long time ago. Um, I'm proud of you for what you're doing. I'm very proud of you for um, your um, involvement with the youth, which is which is huge. Because again, brother, all you're doing is you're just saving lives, and you're doing what God put you on this earth to do, and that's to just do the right thing and live right. And I wish more people, more people would have the energy and the sense enough to follow in your footsteps. Because anybody that's in your presence, they should be lucky to even say your name, Dennis Reed. Well, I'm just, bro, I. I I'm humbled by it. Yes. I don't know fully how to receive it all because what gives me, first of all, I know that everything that I've accomplished right Mm -hmm. now and in the future, it is literally a God move. Yes, indeed. I'm not saying that to be like false humble or anything like that. Sure. I literally, I know, I know that I'm talented, right? Right. I know that I'm gifted, but the opportunities that have come had nothing to do with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't. I, we didn't mention it, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and say go ahead, take I got a chance to meet President Obama while he was in office yes. and then shake his hand yes. and introduce him in a speech. Yes. I told my mama before that moment even happened, when he first got inaugurated, I said, I'm going to meet him. Then mm-hmm. God turns around and has me meet him just the same way I said, I, one day I'm going to meet Oprah. And then God turns around just the same way as one day I want to meet Donald Lawrence and, and Kirk. Right. And then God turns around. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yes, you can be talented and yes, you can be all these things. But at some yeah. point it's like, you know, that's a God thing. That's right. You know, that's a God move. And even if it doesn't happen in the time frame that you may expect sometimes it happens sooner sometimes it happens a little later Mm -hmm. i just know so sometimes it's hard for me to receive all of that Mm -hmm. but i do receive it and i thank you for the opportunity for real and oh come on man prophecy come on brother listen man you you're you're a good guy man you i know good when i see it you know and that's why we reached out to you and i want the world to to know 
Dennis Reed and continue to make moves throughout this nation and throughout this globe. Because now you're, you're global, bro. You're global. There's no more local. I mean, Charlotte is a great city. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm down here all the time. But, brother, you're global now. God is global. He's global. Yes, he He's everywhere. Yes. Some people will live in a city and say, wow, you know, I go to church and I do this. And they're stuck in that, that rut where they only know the four corners of the block. Yeah. But, see, you've walked outside of the box. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Yes. When I was a kid, my dad gave me a, um, a box. It was a huge box. It wasn't my birthday. My birthday's in March. And I opened up the box, man. I'm looking inside the box. I see nothing in there. Mm. So I said, what is this? I said, what's going on? And he looked at me. He said, that's your problem. I said, what are you saying? He said, you were expecting something. Mm. It was a big, huge, empty box with a bow and a card, the whole nine yards. But the moral of the story is, think outside the box. You got outside the box. Remember, when you're in a box, you only have four corners to the box, right? You were able to get outside the box, got past the gift wrapping paper, got past the bow, walked out, and now you're floating everywhere because you're everywhere. Now, the young people say you're everywhere. You're everywhere. And, and that's, that's what I say, man. So um, I, I, um, I applaud you. Thank you. And um, you got to come back when you have um, the new project that we, we're not going to yes. say publicly. But <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Yes. You're more than welcome to come back. And, um, you know, we can uh, we'll talk offline and, and get everything worked up. And um, I'm proud of you, bro. Proud of you. God is good. God is amazing, man. And, and your parents should be proud. Thank they should you. be proud. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And Absolutely. I just want to tell the audience, you, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to please follow me on social media. Uh, Dennis Reed on on uh, Dennis Reed Jr. on Facebook, that's two E's in the read, mm-hmm. and the Dennis Reed Jr. on Instagram. You can check out more information about Inspire the Fire at inspirethefire.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you can check out more of what's going on with me at thedennisreedjr.com. So, you guys, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, bro. Thank you. Absolutely, man. I just want to give it up for my man, Dennis Reed Jr. Hold on one second, all right? Yes, sir. All right. And this young man by the name of Dennis Reed uh, happened to come in the room and get on the piano. And I told him then, I said, let's go on Facebook Live because I feel like somebody needs to hear this message right here. He wrote this song, you guys. It goes like this. I am who I am am today because God used my mistakes he won them for for my good yeah like no one else ever could girls can you help me say that come on I am who I am today everything that I went through because everything that you're going through you have to understand that it is a test for a testimony. He yeah. You've been through some things in this room. Are you going through some things right now? 
necessary. It was necessary. 